Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Going on, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Wednesday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. I had to think about what day it was there for a second. No games yesterday. 14 games late tonight. Gary Bettman doing Gary Bettman things. It is what it is. We might be here until 7 p.m. at this point, but it is okay. Um, I actually... What was I going to say? As you're coming in, make sure to smash that like. Make sure to subscribe. It's going to be. How's your day going? Because <laughs> it can't be any worse than mine. Yeah, I, I, I guess better than yours. But um, yeah, the no the no games yesterday and, and a full slate today is throwing me off all day. I've been thinking it's Thursday all day long. Um, obviously, the Thanksgiving schedule is throwing everything out of whack. Apparently, they didn't have any buildings to play in last night. The only they want all the Canadian teams in in the states for the Thanksgiving games, and then. Arizona was the only team left. Apparently, according to Jeff Merrick up here at Sportsnet, they're the only American team with a with the home home ice availability. So they said, "Screw it, zero games." I mean, whatever. Nice to get a day off every once in a while. Not a lot of those through the through the season anyway. I mean, Christmas and All Star break typically, but yeah, a lot of games here tonight. Probably shouldn't waste too much time chit chatting because we've got twenty eight teams to cover, buddy. Yeah. Um, the one thing I was going to mention, I was I, like, my brain was moving way faster than my lips there. The other night, uh, I just wanted to sh- give a shout out to B Funk in our Discord. He took down the $12 single entry, the $5 single entry, won a gaggle, a plethora, if you will, of tickets uh, with Colorado One. Someone else. But he was Connor Ingram, only got 0.7 from Ingram and still won. Nice to see winning with a with goalie tilt. So. Yeah, I think it was Colorado-Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Colorado won Dallas three, Dallas two, Dallas two chains. Yeah. Let's focus. Don't need to slap myself. Let's get into this slate. It is a monster slate, and it is just giving me agita. But before we do, for Black Friday, get any Sims package 50% off for new customers. The deal ends on Sunday. If you signed up with the Millie promo, don't worry. 
you'll be emailed a coupon that allow you to renew for your sub for 50% off your next payment. Build up to 10,000 lineups on Stochastic or 5,000 for NBA in 60 seconds with our contest generator. Base package allows you to build up to 500 lineups and export up to 20. Max package allows you to build up to 10,000 lineups for NFL and 5,000 for NBA with unlimited exports. So you can get that at stochastic.com. It's the big banner on the top, or you can click the link in the description below. So we should probably Kraus one off. B Funk says he's in the chat. He used a Kraus one off. And also, before we get started, we have a $9.99 super sticker. Didn't even know that was a thing. Thank you very much. Nino says number one fan. It's bouncing up and down. That's pretty cool. Thank you for being our fans. I will sign autographs if people ask me. No, I've never been, I've never been noticed. <laughs> Thank you. Let's get into this plate here. What's the guy? Edmonton Oilers with a 3.1 total. Heading into Carolina, the Hurricanes have a 3.6 total. Okay. Here's the thing on this site, right? There's 14 games, 28 teams playing. So you're going to hear us reference this a lot. You're going to hear a lot of lines. Oh, under 5%, blah, 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 blah. There are going to be a ton of lines with no ownership tonight. The chalky spots are the chalky spots, and then there's so many ways to get difference on, on this slate. One of these ways is Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor Brown, 20,700. They're coming in with 2.5% projected ownership. Um, they got moved together. I, I think it's going to be Warren Fogle on the top line, it looks like. Okay, that's even better than Connor Brown. Connor Brown is useless. No offense to Connor Brown. Like, maybe he's still recovering from his knee injury last year. But, like, Warren Fogle up there, he actually shoots the puck. That actually does excite me a little bit. The problem is, in in Carolina, you're going to see the buzzsaw that is Jordan Stahl. Again, if this was single entry, I'm probably not playing Edmonton here. Again, McDavid matchup proof. If you want to play them at 2%, go for it. MME, I definitely have some Edmonton one here at that ownership. They have slate breaking capabilities. They haven't really shown it much this year, but at some point they will. My interest is on the Carolina side here. Under 2% projected ownership on the top two lines. Like, yeah, Edmonton's good offensively, but they are putrid defensively. So this is a Carolina game for me. Yeah. Um, on the Edmonton side, like, I mean, we there, it's the same five or six players that we talk about every time Edmonton's on the slate. Like, that's just kind of the way it is with the Oilers. I thought an interesting thing, I hadn't really seen the beat writers talk about it until today. One of the beat writers, I forget which one it was, uh, might have been Daniel Bowman, I'm not sure. Um, he was saying that he thinks they're going back to McDavid and Drysaddle on the same line because McDavid's playing hurt. And, you know, that's something that a lot of people have brought up. It seems kind of noticeable. And if you see that their lack of scoring, like, I mean, lack of scoring relative to what we'd expect from them, it kind of makes sense. And, you know, even if McDavid's at like 90% against the Jordan Stahl line, like that's just a really, really, really brutal matchup for him. Like I, I'm out on Edmonton one as a full stack. Edmonton two is kind of interesting. They have put up decent numbers 
Ryan, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Zach Hyman, Evander Kane. They put up decent numbers together this year. Um, 50 minutes together, 4.4 expected goals, 68 shot attempts per 60 minutes. So pretty good at five on five. Like once you get to the Carolina, like they'll get the top six Carolina matchups. Those aren't as bad as pacing Jordan Stahl. I still don't think I would full stack. Like if I'm playing anybody from Edmonton, I, I think I'd lean more towards like a one-off of Vander Kane, a one-off Zach Hyman, like that type of thing rather than full stacking. But, you know, with the Oilers, I'd never say don't stack them. Like, like you said, they're matchup proof. On the Carolina side, I mean, I do like their top six entirely. I think it is the top line here for me. Um, you brought up their ownership. There's not a lot of ownership on them today. I mean, there won't be a lot of ownership anyways, but like, you know, they're po- coming in with positive leverage, uh, 1.3% ownership against 3.3% top two stack probability. Um, I wrote about Sebastian Ajo in the picks article today, free to read over at stochastic.com under the NHL section. A big problem with Carolina is usually they really spread out the ice time. They've been doing that less with Ajo this year. Like he's seen a lot of games over 20 minutes. Um, he's been averaging about that over his last five games. Like, um, you know, Edmonton's penalty, Edmonton takes a lot of penalties, 3.9 times shorthanded per game. And that top line is perfectly correlated on the top power play unit. I really do like Carolina one in this matchup. Like, um, they'll probably go up against that, that second line, um, that Vander Kane, Ryan Nugent Hawkins line. I don't like they, they'll pro- they're probably going to be good offensively, but I don't think that's not going to be a good defensive line. So I think it favors Carolina as well at five on five. Um, Carolina one by far is my favorite line in this game. Carolina two is kind of interesting to me, but Andre Sveshnikov has, I, I think it was something like 30 shot attempts in his last five games and only 11 of them have hit the net. Um, he's been missing the net a lot since he came back, like way, way more than you'd expect him to. Maybe he's just kind of forcing shots um, that he shouldn't be taking those types of things, but uh, until I see him kind of hit his stride offensively, I think it's Carolina one night for me. Yeah, and a note from that game, looks like Brent Burns is going to be power play one. I know they practiced with Slavin there yesterday, but Burns was there this morning. Something to keep an eye on. I, 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 it's going to be Burns. Like, I, I really, th- like, the power play was actually going pretty well. Like, over 10 goals per 60 minutes with the four fours that they have. I can't imagine they're going to use anybody but Burns. Yeah, it's going to be Burns. Before we move on, we have a $19.99 super chat from CPS DFS. Thank you very much. Bobby Boom called us freeloaders in the chat. Can't look myself in the mirror if I let him be right. Thanks for everything, fellas. Happy Thanksgiving. Bobby Boom could say whatever he wants to me. I will continue to look in the mirror and be like, ooh, that is a good-looking fella. So, you know, but thank you very much. For <laughs> thank you very much for your super chat. Happy Thanksgiving if you are celebrating if you are American, like obviously Canadian Thanksgiving was last month. Uh, yeah. Oh, and now we got a $19.99 super chat from the boom himself. Thank you very much, Bobby Boom. He says, let me pull it up. It's your favorite day one loyal fan, Bobby Boom here. Fresh off a of banker binger. Kuzo ruled out makes me sad. Won't let me do 1969. Favorite 1% gross line in GPPs. Jokes, too, and your favorite Thanksgiving. Thanks, boys. You rock. Did you... Did You You need to take a phonics class. I, I, I don't understand anything that said. I Favorite 1% gross line? Uh, I think it's Winnipeg for me. 
yeah, it's probably Winnipeg one for me too. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Expensive, but I think worth it. Yeah. Thank you for the super chat, Bobby. I, I know we go back and forth a lot, but it is fun to go back and forth with you, especially when you're sitting in your Tesla ripping eight balls watching the show. Let's move on to the next one. Boston with a three-point total heading into Florida. The Panthers have a three total as well. Alexander Barkov still out tonight, so Florida's running back Lundell. Reinhardt, Oosterainen. We were talking a little bit about this game. Well, we talked about a lot of the games. There's just so many games. We probably covered all of it, but we both really like this Florida second line here tonight. The issue, like, it's not really an issue. They have positive leverage. But if you think about it, on a 14-game slate, almost 7% projected ownership feels pretty heavy. The the thing is, it's a really good matchup. Like, they're going to get Coyle, Van Riemsdyk, Frederick for the most part, and they just aren't very good defensively. And you just saw a game between Boston and Tampa Bay that was very high event, saw 11 goals, I do really like Florida here tonight. I don't know if I'm going to get to them in one to three. There, I mean, it's definitely possible. There are so many options here tonight. This is one of these slates where I come onto the show and I have no idea what I want to do, but Florida two is on the list. I also really like Boston one here without Barkov. They're coming in with a fair bit of positive leverage. They are expensive, but you know, anytime you can get David Pasternak at low ownership, it interests me. Yeah, I I think it is a good matchup for Boston one here. Um, if people want to go back to them, like feel free. It, you know, we talked about it on the show on Monday. Penalty kill just generally not as strong um, without Barkov in the lineup. Um, I think I don't think Edmonton's any of Edmonton's three goals were on the power play, but you know Edmonton does look broken right now. Um, they are coming with a lot of ownership. There are a lot of cheap stacks you can put with them. I think it's I think it's a fine spot for Boston one, but I agree with you on Florida two. Um, I've been waiting for them to kind of give us a little bit of a sample with Sam Bennett back. Um, that second line's up to thirty seven minutes together. It's not a lot. It's only like three games, but you know, eighty shot, eighty nine shot attempts per sixty minutes. That's it's high, but it's not really that far off from what they did last year. Um, it seems like they're kind of starting to hit their stride. Uh, you know, two out of three guys on the top power play unit, that Charlie Coyle line expected goals against uh, is sitting right at uh, three. So, you know, Linus Allmark is really bailing them out quite a bit this year. Um, I do like that Florida two line here. But again, like you said, getting close to 7% against the Boston Bruins on a 14 game slate, like that just feels real high. Like if they were two, 3%, um, I would be very, very interested in them in just about any kind of tournament format at that ownership. Like, it just seems like it's just too much. Um, you know, I'm not worried about dupes or anything like that. I'm just worried that I, I, I think it's just too much considering how, you know, it's not a bad matchup, but Boston's penalty kill is very good. There is no bark off for their power play. They're still running the double defense. Like, as, as good of a five-on-five matchup, I think it is. It's not a good one on the power play, even though Boston is taking 3.8 penalties uh, per game so far this season. That's well above the league average. Um, their penalty kill has been great. So uh, while I do like the matchup for Florida too, I think there's just too much ownership and not enough of a power play upside for them. So for me, it's probably MME only. So I, I guess in single entry, my favorite line in this game is probably Boston 1. Yeah, I kind of agree there. 
I mean, I think Florida two is perfectly fine and maybe I will play them in single entry, but that ownership does feel a bit high. We forgot to say our favorite Thanksgiving meal for Bobby Boom Super Chat. I'm not a big turkey guy. Uh, smoke me a bone in ham and I will eat it, but I'm not a big Thanksgiving fan food. I mean, I am. I, I just like, yeah, just give me a good turkey with, you know, a lot of a lot of the fixings. Just get, like, give me the mashed potatoes. Give me a little bit of stuffing. Give me the squash. Like, give me the cranberry sauce. Give me all of it. Like, I'm a I'm a big, big fan. I like, you know, people slam Thanksgiving all the time. It's a wonderful meal. Well, the th- here's the thing, right? It, it could be a wonderful meal. But it is so easy to mess up turkey, and everyone in both sides of my family, my wife's family, mess it up. So, well, uh, I, you know who's got I it. Not either I messed up the turkey badly a few years ago. It was brutal. Now I just stick to ham. Chicago Blackhawks with a three total heading into Columbus. The Blue Jackets have a three point five total. I wish this game would fall into a sinkhole. <laughs> Seth Jones isn't on the top power play unit anymore for the the Hawks. It's Kevin Korchinski. Okay. Like, there's no line projected over 5% in this game, but, like, there's a a 6.5 total pushing towards 7. So it feels like it's an important, disgusting game. Columbus going with Jenner, Marchenko, Gaudreau, and then Line A's back in the lineup with Fantilli and uh, uh, Vronkov. At least Lucas Reichel is up with Bedard, so like that kind of interests me a little bit. And that line is fourteen thousand six hundred. I know it's a road matchup, but like there isn't really a matchup on Columbus that worries me. Don't mind playing Bedard, Kurashev, Reichel. Do I really want to do it in single entry? Probably not. Do I really want to play Columbus in single entry? Probably not. But like. There's going to be goals in this game. Their defense is not at a premium here. So I think you got to consider both sides. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, the thing with the Chicago side is with Reichel and Kershev on the top power play unit, that's a fully correlated top line now. Um, anytime you can get that for under, you know, what are they, 14,600 on DraftKings? Anytime you can get that at that price, especially in a three total, like, you know, they're not, they are a top heavy team. Like Connor Bedard is by far their best player. There are players who can score in the depth, but if, you know, if this team gets up to four, four or five goals or something like that, I, I got to assume it's going to be because the top line had an exceptionally good game. Um, well, the weird thing about Columbus is this particular top line for them, the Marchenko, Godreau, um, Jenner line, they have pretty good defensive numbers this season. The weird thing is, is like they weren't good last year. Um, maybe the improved defense behind them, for whatever reason has helped, you know, David, David Severson's now injured though. So, you know, that takes one of their better defensemen out of the lineup. Um, I do kind of like the way that Chicago top line looks. I just, you know, it's another one of those cases. I think they're coming in a little bit over owned. like we'll pull up top stacks. They're coming in with negative leverage, 5% ownership, 2.8% top two stack percentage. Like it's, it's still a 5% line with a three total that is perfectly correlated. And the guys should all play fairly heavy minutes, anywhere from like 17 to 22 of their Bedard. Um, I can see why people would want to play them. I think I'm kind of, I think I have no issue with playing them. I think I'm in more on the Columbus side and it's strictly because they put Kirill Marchenko on the top line. Like I've been really impressed with him. 
I try not to watch Columbus Blue Jackets games for their, my sanity. Um, I'm impressed with him every time I watch them. Like he, he is the one forward that always stands out to me in a positive way. Uh, whatever I do watch Columbus and that extends going back to last year. And, you know, he does have four DraftKings shot bonuses so far this season. And he hasn't really spent a lot of time with their elite guys. He spent a lot of time down on the third line or on the second line with like, uh, you know, Dan Forth and Texier or, or whatever. Like he hasn't really spent a lot of time on the top line, which is why the top this top line only has a 60-minute sample so for the season. Um, I do really like Marchenko a lot as a goal scorer. And I think he... He might be the one, like with Line A just being a complete no-show now, um, I think he might be the one guy on this team other than Fantilli, and they're never going to put those two together, um, that can kind of play off Godro a little bit. So I do like Columbus one here um, in this matchup. Uh, 3.2 expected goals per 60 minutes, 5-on-5 five five in that sample so far this year. Like I said, Marchenko has been shooting the puck a fair bit. Um, you know, the ownership on them isn't that high, 4.4%. Uh, expect an ownership 4% top two stack percentage. Like it's a three and a half total. Carolina was 3.6. Like this total's higher than. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to first choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Tampa Bay at home to Winnipeg. Um, it's higher than Arizona home to St. Louis, higher than uh, anything in the Anaheim Montreal game. Like they're expecting quite a few goals here and. You got to think it would come from that top line. So I really do like Columbus one here. Columbus two, I think, is definitely playable with Fantilli and Line staying together. I think I'd just rather go to a line that has shown the ability to actually generate offense, even going back to last year in a large sample. So Columbus one for me in this game. So it'd be Columbus one, then Chicago one, then Columbus two, then nothing else. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't want to keep staying on this game because it's disgusting, but like, they're kind of in consideration for one to three and it feels awful. Just It's just price and ownership driven kind of. So yay. New Jersey devils with a 3.7 total heading into Detroit. The wings have a 3.1 total. The, the wings came back from Sweden, Sweden, right? Yeah. Sweden. And they blew up their lines. It's, it's now Larkin, Raymond and Joe Valeno. Debrinkat, Confer, and Rasmussen, and Cop, Perron, and Fabry. Like, they brought in Debrinkat specifically to play with Larkin. I don't know, man. Like, I didn't really have much interest in Detroit anyway. Like, it's hard to quantify 
these you know teams traveling and coming back from that stuff but we saw with the kings man they looked awful after came back from australia and then they started picking up i would imagine there's going to be a little bit of of fall off from detroit like you can't quantify it maybe they come out and score six goals but like in my mind it's just like yeah it's on, on a 20 on a 28 team slate like i don't really want to play detroit after coming off a european trip and these lines make it easier to fade. Like these lines are disgusting. I'm on the devil side here. Like I'm not a big fan of the devil's lines either, but I think there are plenty of ways to go about it. I think you can just play that second line to fully brat Mercer. I think you can one off Hughes. I think you can go to the second line and add in Hughes. Like there's a 3.7 total. Yeah, there's some ownership, but it's not extreme. The, the Toffoli line has positive leverage. The Hughes line has a little bit negative leverage, but it's Jack Hughes, right? And it's not like he's getting like 20% on the slate. This is a good matchup at all levels. So I'm in on the Devils. Yeah. Um, Joel Valeno going to the top line is it's a little bit interesting for me because I think he like he's a clear downgrade offensively for Alex DeBrincat, obviously. But I do think it's a little bit of a defensive upgrade uh, for that top line. And, you know, that was one of the reasons why we like picking against Detroit is because they would use that top line in a shutdown matchup. And, they, you know, they're, you know, Patrice Bergeron, they, and Brad Marchand, they are not. Um, you know, New Jersey using Hall and Lazar on the top line is, is kind of funny to me. It's like they, it's like they want Jack Hughes to play the play in the NHL on hard mode or something. Um, but Hall and Lazar have been pretty, were pretty good together in a depth role. Um, I think that's why they're trying it is because, you know, six in 95 minutes together, um, 55 shot attempts for 43 against per 60 minutes. Like they were really easily controlling the opposition um, makes things a little bit harder for New, uh, Detroit defensively. Certainly, um, you know, you have three, you have the top power play units split across three lines. Um, you'd never like to see that, but I also think it is, you know, it is a case where you can power play stack here. Detroit, their penalty kill is just not good. And they're taking 3.9 penalties per game this season. Like, I think that's like sixth in the league for most power plays given up per game. Um, fifth in the league, sorry. Uh, tied for fifth. Tied for fourth. Man, having a tough time reading my own uh, notes. I, like, I got to get better at writing. Um, <laughs> 37 years old. Um, but the the... New, you know, New Jersey's power play has generally been pretty good. I think another big change for the Devils is getting Luke Hughes away from Brendan Smith. Like, if you look, if you look at New Jersey's numbers when Luke Hughes is on the ice with Smith versus literally any other defense partner, it is seriously from utter dominance to utter garbage. Like, and I'm not being hyperbolic here. I'm going from like 60% possession share to like 40%. It is drastic the change that it makes. Um, when Luke Hughes actually has somebody to skate with. So I think it makes it an even tougher matchup for Detroit and a much better offensive environment for New Jersey. I'm fine with power play stacking here. Like if you want to just pick one of the even strength lines, like go ahead. But I think, you know, with Luke Hughes, I think he's only like 36, 3,700. We'll talk about defensemen at the end of the, at the end of this show, but something like, you know, Hughes, Brat, Hughes and Hughes and Brat. Something like that, I think, works pretty well for me. And you can even add, like, Curtis Lazar or whatever if you want just to bring down the average cost of the stack. 
Um, I'm a big fan of, of power play stacking the New Jersey side here. So I do like their top guys like Hughes, like Brad, like the Foley. Hell, we'll even add in Andre Palat just for fun against the, what I think is a bad Detroit team. Uh, on the Red Wing side, I, I like I don't have interest. I, I think I think there's merit to playing the Detroit top line in MME. Like the New Jersey goaltending, it just is what it is. Like at this point, like I, there's nothing that I there, I don't fear either of those goalies. I don't think anyone should. New Jersey is slightly above average by time shorthanded per game. You get Larkin and Raymond on the top power play unit together. I think Raymond's like the last month has been the best stretch of NHL that I've seen him play. Like he might really be turning a corner. Like I said, they'll be better defensively with Valeno there. I just, I think I'd much rather play New Jersey power play stack than the Detroit side in a single entry. In MME, that's a different story. Yeah, I agree. And Brennan Smith is pretty much Tony D'Angelo without the offensive upside. So getting Luke Hughes away from him. Rangers legend, Brendan Smith, by the way. <laughs> he is just, you know, he is what he is. If you're looking to tech, Take your NHL game to the next level. Click the link in the description below and get access to the best NHL data and tools in the industry. You get player and ownership projections, top stacks tools, line combinations, and the Discord. Lots of stuff always going on in the Discord. Always a scene in there. Uh, as always, Cliffy's article, always free to read on stochastic.com on slates where there's more than one game. This show, obviously, always free. But if you want, you know, premium projections, ownership, uh, line top stacks that we always uh, reference, click the link in the description below as someone's chanting RPS in the chat. Go ahead. If you want to sign up for them, sign up for them. Like, if you want to tune in for free, this is free. But, you know, you want to take your game to the next level, click the link in the description below, sign up for premium, and we will help you out. New York Rangers with a 3.1 total heading into Pittsburgh. The Penguins have a three total. Johnny Quick probably going to start for the Rangers tonight. This game is a mess because Brian Rust is hurt and Penguins also put Ricard Raquel on long-term IR. They also didn't practice yesterday. They had no morning skate today. So we don't know their lines. Crosby and Gensel will most likely be together. Malkin and Smith will most likely be together. If I had to venture a guess, Redeem Zahorna will probably move up into the top six. I don't know who else is going to move up into the top six. Maybe Vinny Hinestroza. I don't know. But it's kind of important because there's not a lot of ownership currently on Pittsburgh. We don't know their lines. We won't know them until warm-ups. This is a good matchup with Quick and Net. I have interest in the Penguins just on the fact that we don't know their lines. And no one will know their lines until 6.30. And you're going to get that combo very low owned against a very old goalie. So I'm in on Pittsburgh, depending on the lines that warm up. And then on the Rangers side, it's Rangers too. Yeah, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the Rangers. Like until, until that top line comes, like shows us literally anything, like the Zibanejad Crowder line at five on five, like I have no interest. Zibanejad still doesn't have a five on five goal yet this year. Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving's tomorrow. Like we're six weeks into the season. He doesn't have a five on five goal yet. Um, they're just not generating anything. Even with like, I mean, I say even with Blake Wheeler there, like especially probably because Blake Wheeler's there. Uh, 2.2 expected goals for 60 minutes with him on the line. Like I just have no interest. It's, yeah, it is Rangers two for me. Um, 2.9 expected goals. Uh, 
81 shot attempts per 60 minutes with Vincent Trocek. The numbers were good with Heedle there as well. I also think like losing Raquel and we'll, you know, we'll see who's on the second line. Like the second line's numbers have been worse defensively without Raquel there so far this season. I think that kind of makes sense because they really don't have the forward depth to replace him as bad as he's been offensively this year. Um, We'll see who's there. I think Alex Nylander probably gets into the top six. I don't think they're like, they've tried Zahorna, I think for one game alongside Malkin. Um, they moved Raquel down to the third line. They don't seem too keen on breaking up that third line. And I honestly don't blame them because it's the first time they've had a good third line since they traded Teddy Bluger. And it might be their best third line since the HBK days. So like, um, I could see, I like, I could see like Hinnestros and Nylander just jumping right to the top six or something like that. So we'll see when, when warmups happen. Um, regardless, it would be Pittsburgh one or nothing. Like for me, um, Malkin and, and Smith have been good this year, but yeah, their offense has certainly taken a downturn. Um, they're going to be going into the teeth or they're going to be going into that Lafreniere line, which has been really good defensively, um, or at least, you know, league average defensively so far this season. Rangers don't take a ton of penalties. Um, penalty kill has generally been fine. Like, yeah, they certainly had some bad games, but overall they've been okay. And Pittsburgh's power play just hasn't been, you know, elite or anything like that. So I might play some Pittsburgh one, depending on what the line combinations are. But I think I'm more in on the Rangers side, particularly uh, the Vincent Trocek, Artemi Panarin, Lafreniere line. Yeah, Panarin, unbelievable start to his season. Winnipeg Jets with a 3.2 total heading into Tampa Bay. The Lightning have a 3.3 total. I don't have the flow chart in front of me, but this game screams flow chart. Winnipeg 1 currently projected for 0.9% ownership. Connor Shifley, I follow 20,500. It kind of falls into that Boston 1 matchup last late. It's not the best five-on-five matchup. You just play him for the goalie. And Kyle Connor has been ridiculous this season. So I think, you know, Winnipeg won definitely in play here. I think Tampa won's in play here. I kind of like Perfidi Ehlers as a two-man. Because, like, once you get past that Hagel line, there's nothing that really, really is like, whoa, whoa, you know, they're good. And then it's also Jonas Johansson or worse than that. So I don't mind Perfidi Ehlers. But I think on the Winnipeg side, it's top line for me. On the Tampa side, like I, I like Tampa 1 for sure. I just don't think I'm getting there in 1-3. to three. MME, I love them. Was that like some indirect Michael Essamont slander that I heard not that long ago? We don't We don't play DFS for defensive prowess. Um, anyways, uh, actually what sucks about Tampa Bay is that for whatever reason, they're breaking up the Sorelli, Esamont, Jeannot line. Like we talked about it on Monday, Stamkos, Stamkos and Sorelli just have not played together for a couple of years now, played well together. Sorry. Um, 120 minutes with Sorelli. Uh, they're below water, um, by expected goal share, four and a half goals against per 60, only 3.1 goals scored per 60. Like they're just not, I don't know why they keep putting Sorelli back on the second line. Like it, it hasn't been working for 14 months. Maybe try something else. Um, and Sorelli, Esamon Janot was legitimately a great third line 
don't know why they keep on insisting breaking them up, but I, I mean, it just means like, I still like a one-off Esmont or a one-off Chanel or something like that. Um, it just means I do like Tampa one here. Um, I'm not super concerned about the top line matchup against Winnipeg. Winnipeg's penalty kill has been pretty shaky uh, this season, uh, especially in net. Uh, Tampa Bay's power play has obviously been really, really good. Uh, not a lot of ownership on the Lightning. Whoops, sorry. Not a lot of ownership on the Lightning. 5.2% ownership, 14% top stack. Uh, one of the best leverage spots. Okay. One of the best leverage spots on the slate here. Uh, I do like Tampa one year. I also like Winnipeg one. Um, just be, again, until Andre Vasilevsky's back, every top line is in play against Tampa anytime Tampa takes the ice. Like, that's just the way it is. Their goaltending is just terrible. Um, but in a nutshell, I would rather I would rather just play uh, Tampa Bay one here tonight in the home matchup. A quick note about Winnipeg. They're not generating a lot of expected goals. And when I was looking into it, Nikolai Ehlers is really just kind of firing from everywhere. He's playing like Mikhail Grabowski did like seven, eight years ago for the Islanders where he'd step across the blue line and then just like rip a wrist shot from like 65 feet. Um, until he starts really like showing, I, I, we're probably going to have to put him on the slander list for tonight. <laughs> until he starts showing a little bit more. Um, I'm not super keen on Winnipeg too, uh, but I do like their top line. I like both top lines in this matchup. So do I. People are saying in the chat, minimum one tip in goal for Crider tonight. And if that's the case, it will be on the power play. It will not be at five on five. Thank you for your service. Buffalo Sabres with a 3.1 total heading into Washington. The Capitals have a 3.3 total. Another one of these games, which I wish would fall into a sinkhole. Like, Washington's falling into this thing where they're underpriced. Overowned, and it feels like Nashville one season from last year all over again on a loop over and over again. It's fine. Like, if you want to play Ovechkin, go for it. And he plays his best with Strom. But it's like Ovechkin is kind of this is a really bad comparison. I'm probably going to get heat for it. But like the last season, Joe Thornton was with the Shark. All he did was score on the empty net, he couldn't score with a goalie on the net. So, like, are you playing Ovechkin for, you know, the shot bonus and the empty net goal? I guess that's fine. But, like, at his ownership, I don't really want to play that line. At You know, they're 9% projected right now. Yeah, it's Buffalo and they suck. But, like, I don't want to hitch my wagon to Ovechkin, Strom, and Wilson on a 14-game slate. If it burns me, it burns me. I think it's a good spot. It's just not something that I'm going to do. Then you go the second line, Oshi, Mantha, and McMichael are under 10,000, getting 3% projected. Like, I don't mind a two man of McMichael, Mantha, if you're trying to like absolutely jam in very expensive power play stacks like Colorado or Edmonton or whomever is really expensive. Like, those two guys are like 7,000, like maybe 7,000 total. I'm just not going to hitch my wagon to an overowned Washington one. If you want to play them, it's a good spot. On the Buffalo side, I do like that middle stat Paterka Benson line. They're super cheap. I don't mind them as a filler. I just wish they shot the puck more. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they're fine. I'm not totally convinced that Benson's going to last the whole game there. Um, I think you're going to see a case where if it's a close game, like 
Peyton Krebs gets moved up or Jordan Greenway especially gets moved up or something like that. And they just really kind of jam the top six because like that Buffalo depth looks pretty bad. Um, I do like Washington one here. Uh, I wrote them up for the picks article. Like it, it one, it's like a price thing. They're not expensive <laughs> and you get two out of three on the top on the first power play unit. Ovechkin plays both halves of the power play. So you get two out of three on the second power play unit as well. Buffalo's at 3.8 times shorthanded uh, so far this season. Uh, the penalty kill for the Sabres has really not been that good. Um, they're in the bottom 10 for shot attempts against per 60 minutes of five on five. It's uh, Believe it or not, it's been their goaltending that has saved them on the penalty kill so far this season. Um, not that Washington's power play has really been very good. And, you know, with getting Kuznetsov out, like it takes, there are a lot of like puck carriers, playmakers out of the lineup for Washington when you include him and Backstrom. So, um, I, I still do like Washington one because I think it's a good matchup um, against the top line. Like Dylan Cousins and Jeff Skinner typically have just not had great defensive numbers together. Um, I just I, they are coming in a bit over owned, and, and when you have so many uh, lines in that price range on this slate, um, like you know they're coming in, they're at sixteen thousand five hundred on DraftKings here tonight, um, just for you know giggles here are a few lines that are kind of in the same price range the columbus one line that we just talked about uh the new york rangers top line that we're not going to play the vancouver top line we'll talk about later on the slate that is coming in really low owned um you know arizona top line is going to be around that price uh the new jersey top line isn't that much more expensive nashville's at home they're only like 800 more or something so like there are just so many similar spots that you can go to without playing an over owned line that i i do like washington i think it's a good matchup um, I just think that there are other spots that you can go to, uh, the Buffalo side, like Buffalo's kind of interesting here because Washington has been on like a little bit of a tear of late. I think they're like eight, one and one in their last 10 or something like a or six, one and one in their last eight. Um, but it's been all goaltending. Their defensive metrics are bad, like bad, bad. And if the goal, you know, if Charlie Lindgren or Darcy Kemper or, whom, or whomever can't save them. Um, literally, literally in, you know, kind of metaphysically, uh, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They could have a really bad night. I, I'm kind of with you on Paterka and Middlestat. They have been good enough together so far this season, and I'm not worried about middle six matchups from Washington. It's a cheap enough two-man stack that you can use. So I think I would go in that direction. But, um, you know, I wouldn't overlook Buffalo's top line either. If Cousins can kind of find his game offensively, he's playing with two really talented wingers. And Jeff Skinner's 
one of the top producers of five on five again this season, like he has been for like three years now, which is just absolutely insane. So um, not a bad matchup for Buffalo. I do think I like the Washington top line best in this game might be a game where I'm just, I just don't take a lot from anyway. Yeah. And I'll preface my Washington rant on one. I, if you've ever watched the show in the past three years, I am a notorious capitals fader. But two, I just I just can't play that line chalk tonight. It is a very good spot, and you want to play them, go for it. It's just like I cannot just click them in my one lineup. It's just who I am. It's bred into my fabric. So let's talk about another game where I want to take a detour off a cliff. The Philadelphia, I almost said the 76ers, Flyers with a 2.7 total heading into Long Island. That's just, that sucks. The Islanders have a 3.2 total. There is nothing going on in this game ownership-wise. I, I don't even know if I want to full stack anything from this game outside of the Islanders' second line, and I think you know they're fine. They're always in play for me. I don't know if they're in play for me in one to in one to three. They're more of an MME filler for me. I think on the flyer side, I probably just you know two man like a Katoria Konechny, or I'd like one off a Tippett or one off an Atkinson, one off a Faraby, something like that. Like I just on a fourteen game slate trying to rely on Torts to keep his lines together. It just feels like an early night for me you know what i mean like if i knew for sure he would keep his lines together maybe i'd have some interest but like for me i'll just i'll play some one officer two mans and new york Islanders too yeah connect me and couturier it's weird because they have been generating a fair bit of shots shot attempts at least uh in their minutes together 73 shot attempts per 60 minutes not a lot of expected goals they're only a 2.1 i think that's a connect me problem He's been shooting a lot, not a lot from distance, a fair bit from distance this year. Um, but he has also been scoring a lot. So, like, how can you really blame him? Um, interesting note, the Islanders have given up at least four goals in eight straight games. I did not realize that. Uh, they had a shutout um, the first game in November in Washington and at least four goals against in every game since. Um, goaltending has really not been that good for them, almost regardless of who's in net. The top line has been better defensively. They still suck offensively. It's weird to say that because Barzal actually has been producing like six points in his last four games. That's pretty good. Um, there's not been a lot to write home about uh, for most of the season for the Islanders, that top line. But their defensive numbers have been really good with Holmstrom there. 2.4 expected goals against, 0.7 actual goals against. They don't go out always against the top line, but they do sometimes. Um but I think I would favor the Philly side in that matchup. And the way that, you know, the way that the that the Islanders have been giving up goals, like I'm kind of interested in 0.9% fully correlated top line at 15,200. Like you can fit them in with another pretty expensive line, like an 18, 19, 20K line somewhere else and be just fine. And I don't know if I would necessarily get there one to three. I don't think like you necessarily have to dig for sub 1% ownership on a slate this large, but I am kind of interested in that Philly top line in this matchup. It's just, I, if this were two weeks ago when, when Holmstrom wasn't there or three weeks ago or whatever, I think I might have a much different tune as well, but I don't mind this for the Philly top line. I don't have interest in anything else on the roster. It'd be the Philly top line or nothing for me. Like I'm passing on the Islanders top line. Like, I don't care that Barzal has six points in his last four games. I'm just not stacking them as a three-man unit. Like, like they're still not creating any dangerous shots. Um, and Barzal is shooting more 16 shots in his last five games. Good for him. 
Um, like I said, he has been producing reasonably well. Uh, problem is, is like Bo Horvat's on a five-game point streak, and he has one point in each game. Like that's kind of what's going on here. Um, it is Islanders too. I would have more interest in. I like there's no matchup in that Philly middle six, especially that Scott Lawton line that I'd worry about defensively. Um, 3.9 expected goals, 2.9 actual goals per 60 minutes. Palmieri has one goal in his last 10 games. You got to think he's going to break through eventually. What worries me is that Philly has a pretty good penalty kill. And, you know, if the Islanders can't get there on the power play, like can they generate enough at five on five to get there? Like that's kind of the issue. I think that for me, I think this is a game where I'd be leading more towards one-offs. One-off Tyson Forrester, one-off Travis Konechny, one-off, God forbid, Matt Barzal. Uh, one-off Brock Nelson, like something like that, I think is what interests me more than full stacking here. Yeah. We don't have time to like talk about that Islanders top line, not that I want to talk about it anyway, but maybe they should flip-flop Barzell and Horvat and put Barzell in the center. Who knows? As we mentioned at the top of the show, we are sponsored by Vivid Picks, and you can get a $300 deposit match on your first deposit. The standard deposit match is 100 so you won't get this offer anywhere else other than clicking the link in the description below. Your first entry also comes with $25 secure play, so if it loses, you get refunded up to $25 in Vivid site credit. Predict whether players will have more or less than their projected stats across multiple sports and combine your selections for bigger payouts. St. Louis Blues with a 3.1 total. Heading into Arizona, the Coyotes have a 3.3 total. News in this game Logan Cooley moving up to the top line in between Keller and Schmaltz. Uh, looks like Blues going with Kairou, Thomas, and Buchnevich. And then their healthy scratching, Jacob Vrana. I don't know. But so Cooley moving up in between Keller and Schmaltz is interesting because I don't know, maybe we live in a bubble here, but everyone loves Logan Cooley here. Uh I get why you would want to play them. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if that's going to be a good offensive line. Like, I like Cooley. Don't get me wrong. But, like, if you look at his points this season, they're all coming on – like, not all, but the majority of them are coming on the power play. And this isn't a very good power play matchup. The Blues don't take a lot of penalties. I like the blue side here. One, because now the top line – Kairou, Thomas, and Buchnevich is by far the best line you can put together. Two, they have positive leverage. Three, they're fully correlated on the power play. Four, Arizona takes a ton of penalties. Five, their penalty kill isn't very well, uh, very good. So I understand if you want to play Arizona one at home, it's a good matchup, five on five. I'm in on the Blues top line here. Yeah, um, I am as well. <laughs> I hate to say it. Um I had been waiting for them to just kind of assemble this line eventually. Like you knew they had to get there. It sucks that Jacob Brown is getting scratched. Hopefully he gets traded to Montreal soon. Either way, um, 47 minutes so far this season, 3.1 expected goals, 68 shot attempts for 60 minutes. Pavel Buchnevich, 21 shots in his last five games. He's really starting to come alive. Seven, seven points in that span. Just kind of waiting for Jordan Cairo to start filling the net. His shooting percentage is still way, way below uh, what he, he normally does. But like there's no five on five matchup that really worries me um, in this game. Um, I did write up St. Louis in the picks article today. Uh, what I mentioned is um, 
with Yusuf Valamaki out for Arizona, it takes, like we said it on the last show, it takes their best defensive defenseman out of the lineup. And these are the numbers. With him on the ice this season, 2.1 expected goals against for 60 minutes, 5 on 5. Like, that's excellent. That is excellent defensive play. Without him, 3.1 expected goals against. That's awful defensive play. And that's what they're going to be doing every time somebody's on the, I mean, not literally, but like that's about what we can expect every time any Arizona line steps on the ice. So I really do like St. Louis one here as well. Um, perfectly correlated. Um, like you said, Arizona does take, has been taking more penalties after the first couple games of the season. They're up to 3.6 times shorthanded per game. Um, the penalty kills, not elite. It's not awful, but it's not great either. Um, so yeah, I really do like St. Louis one. I'm not, I'm not super interested in any of the St. Louis depth here. Also not convinced any of the St. Louis depth lines are going to stay together. Um, they've been mixing those up. Like they've been mixing up the, all, like all their lines over the last few games. So, you know, if you want a two man, like sad and Shen or something like that, like I have no problem with it, but I think it's St. Louis one for me on the Arizona side. Like I'm probably going to take a pass on the top line. Um, as you mentioned, They've really been relying, like, it's not just Cooley that's been relying on power play points. Like, everybody has been relying on power play points because they haven't been scoring at five on five. Like, that's kind of the problem here. Um, not that it's a bad matchup or anything, but St. Louis doesn't take penalties. Two and a half times shorthanded per game. The league average is three and a half. So, like, they're well below that. Um, I, I imagine, you know, once we get an ownership run, they're all going to come in over, or that Arizona top line is going to come in over own. I think it's the Michelli line that I actually like bet, better than them. Michelli, Bukestad, Kraus. Um, 120 minutes together, 3.3 expected goals, 3.4 actual goals per 60 minutes. Um, I think, like, they played fairly heavy minutes last game. Like, a couple of them around 16, 17 minutes. Uh, one at 21 minutes. Um, you know, uh, Michelli's not shooting a lot, so you don't necessarily have to full stack. You can do like Buke stack, Kraus, Michelli, Kraus, or something like that. I'd make sure to get Kraus in the stack, but I think I like Arizona two better than Arizona one. But it's St. Louis one by far that I like best in this game. Same. Calgary Flames with a three total heading into Nashville. The Predators also have a three total. <sighs> this game just is like. The, the Flames are falling into the Seattle Kraken category for me. It's just like I never picked the, the right line, and they're all around the same price, and they're generally over-owned. So, like, if you if you have a lean on your Calgary lines, like, go ahead and play them. Like, I don't have a ton of interest in them here tonight. It is a pretty good power play spot, but the Flames' power play is – pretty bad maybe it improves now that rasmus anderson's back running it like i guess so like maybe you play manjipani linholm maybe you play kadri zari yeah zari's yeah i mean huberdo scored on the power play the other night which is like the first time since you know 1812 so like i don't know like i'm not super high on calgary one to three i think they're more of an mme play I like Nashville one here. They're coming in with a little bit of positive leverage. Phil Forsberg is the best forward in this game. So you, you know, and he's home and he avoids the back line. Ryan O'Reilly still having good offensive metrics and all that stuff. So Gustav Nyquist has actually looked decent up there. I like Nashville one. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't have any interest in Calgary here tonight. I have interest against Nashville with teams that have very good power plays. Like you said, um, 
there is not a very good power play um, on the Calgary side. So, you know, you know, Calgary doesn't draw a lot of power plays either. They're well below average at 3.2 per game. That's like 10% below the league average. So um, I'm in more on the Nashville side. I agree with you on Nashville one. Um, they are a perfectly correlated line um, playing exceptionally well. 3.6 expected goals, 6.2 actual goals for 60 minutes at five on five. Forsberg has seven goals and nine points in his last five games. Um, glad I got in on the ground floor with him in fantasy about a month ago. Uh, not super concerned about any of the matchups on the Calgary side either. Like, you know, Manjapani and, and Eller, or Manjapani and Eller, Manjapani and Lindholm do have good defensive numbers together. There's not really much of a sample of Sharon Govich. I'm not sure he's going to help that much defensively. But I'm going to be honest, I don't really like stack. Like, if anything in this game, it would be Nashville 1 that I would go to on the Nashville side. On the Calgary side, it would probably be the Backlund-Coleman-Huberto line. Um, they actually are generating a fair bit. Uh, 71 shot attempts, three expected goals per 60 minutes. Um, getting reasonable minutes, like 17, depending on the game, 17 to 20 minutes at times. Uh, so it would be that Backlund line I like best from Calgary, but it's Nashville 1 that I like best in this game. And I really don't like any stacks when looking at the entire slate as a whole. So I'd probably be looking at defensemen or in net elsewise. Yeah. Not the best game on the slate by far. Vegas Golden Knights with a 2.8 total. <clears throat> Excuse me. Heading into Dallas, the Stars have a 3.2. You were hinting at it, and they finally did it. They switched up their lines. The Dallas Stars did. Not the way that we thought they were going to do, but they did. <clears throat> Rupe Hintz is now in between Pavelski and Ben. Robertson, or Wyatt Johnson's in between Robertson and Evgeny uh, Dodonov. Duchesne, Sagan, and Marchment are still together. They are cheaper than they were the other night after a big game. They're 12300 Like I, I guess you just keep playing them until they get either overpriced or they stop producing or they get broken up. Like Tyler Sagan, he's having a great season. Duchesne has looked unbelievable. Marchment last year had a bad season. He went on that like what, like 28 game goal streak or something like that. But he's, he, he looks good. So like, yeah, like how do you not consider 12,300 for that line? I like them again. I don't, I don't really love the other lines. So it's it's that Dallas line again. On the Vegas side, they mix up their lines too. There was no confirmation on them. So it's one of those things where you have to wait and see in warm-ups. But they were Jack Eichel, Jonathan Marshall, Paul Cotter, Mark Stone, William Carlson, Chandler Stevenson, and then Ivan Barbashev, Michael Amadio, and Brett Howden. <clears throat> like, it's kind of a wait and see there. If Stone, Carlson, Stevenson – are together like I don't mind them at super super low ownership in MME. I just don't love Vegas in this matchup. Yeah, I don't either. I don't like not knowing exactly what the line's going to be. And like by the time those warm ups hit, we're going to have what like eight games are already locked, like over half the slate or something like that. So like you're really limiting your options if you got to make some sort of swap. Um, you know, I could see Vegas having to mix things up. They've lost five out of their last seven games, been shut out twice in that span. Um, you know, we mentioned whether or not 
we were talking about whether or not Chandler Stevenson was playing injured. I was looking at some of his playmaking metrics this morning. 90 minutes tracked by a website called All Three Zones. In those 90 minutes, he hasn't assisted on a single teammate scoring chance yet this season. He used when he's rolling, like just on average, he'll get one like every 15 minutes of ice time. He doesn't have one in 90 minutes yet this year. And though their offensive and defensive metrics are just awful. So I don't even know if adding William Carlson to that line can save them. I think it's to the point where you have to move Stevenson down rather than, you know, Howden or whomever was the third wheel. Either way, I just don't have interest in Vegas here. Um, you know, Dallas right around league average time shorthanded, but a really, really good penalty kill. Uh, they might get Thomas Harley back tonight, which I think is a big boost for them on the back end, you know, just kind of putting everybody back in their right place. Um, we don't know what the Vegas lines are going to be like. like if you want a one-off Marsha so or one-off Mark Stone, I think that's perfectly fine because you, you know they're going to stay in the top six. They're going to be on the top power play unit. They're going to play a lot of minutes. I just don't know about like full three-man stacking any particular line from Vegas. And on the Dallas side, yeah. Uh, like it's back to the second line until they dry up. Like basically that's where we're at at this point. Um, I was looking to see like maybe if their numbers had fallen off and they're just riding percent. I mean, they're riding percentages anyways, but to see if their chance generation had been dropping off the last six games, 3.2 expected goals for 1.3 against like, they're just like choking the competition. And if Stevenson and Stone are bad again defensively, that's a bad middle six for Vegas that can be taken advantage of by the Sagan line. So I like I like the Sagan Duchesne. I'm with you. It's Sagan Duchesne and Marshman line uh, for me in this game again. Um, you know, maybe some one offs from Vegas, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I know Bruce Cassidy loves William Carrier on the on the fourth line for whatever reason, but man, like move him up. Come on. For or just sake. just play that line more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at a yeah, certain point, just play them at, a certain, at a certain point, their fourth line is is often their second best line. So play it, play them like it. You know what I mean? Anyways, yeah, yeah. Don't need to go off on a Vegas rant here. Fifty, no. you can get fifty percent off Odd Shopper Premium monthly with promo code Black Friday. That's all one word. All users for all users. You don't even have to be a new user, and that ends on Monday the 27th so it's a limited time offer this gets people access to all odd shopper premium tools the odd shopper discord and our expert experts picks that's a tongue twister that i did not expect which are now on odd shopper holy moly that was hard to read but anyway you can get 50 percent off odd shopper premium monthly with promo code black friday yes there we go Mon oh, man. Let's talk about the Habs and the Ducks, shall we? The Montreal Canadiens with a 3.2 total heading into Anaheim. The Ducks have a 3.3 total. Th this game is a game, man. Like, I wish Zegers was healthy and it was Zegers, Carlson, Terry. I uh, just say, stack them and go about your day. But then you have... Okay, Vitrano, McTavish, Strom, they're $18,000, which sounds ridiculous to say, like Frank Vitrano in the 7Ks. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, he's having a very good season. And it is Montreal here. Like, I just don't know if I can play that line at 18,000. I think you can kind of power play stack either side here. This this game is going to be a special teams bonanza. I just, I, I don't love any of their lines. So maybe I'll just one off some people here. Like a one off Terry feels like fine two man like carlson terry play play some blue liners but like i just i don't know if i want to full stack anything and hinge my slate to this game i do (laughs) um seriously um you know it's a six and a half total uh montreal 3.2 anaheim 3.3 like they're expecting goals here these are the the two most penalized teams uh in the league so far this year, and I'm at 4.6 times shorthanded per game. Montreal at 4.3, and Montreal, you know, and I doesn't draw a ton of power plays, but they're around league average. And Montreal's at 3.9, which is well above league average. So like, could be like eight, nine, ten power plays in this game. Like, yeah, I have a lot of interest here. I get wanting Trevor Zegers on the top line um, instead of Alex Kalorn. I think it's like Alex Kalorn's only 3,500, right? And it's a perfectly correlated power play unit because he's on that top line. You know, he's not having a great season, three points, no goals in in eight games. Um, But at his price, you don't need him to score twice or anything like that, right? Like if he has an assist in in three shots, it's not great, but it won't kill your night. And, you know, the other guys will hopefully get in. Um, They've been fine in a small sample, 55 shot attempts in 35 minutes together. It's not a lot. What I will note is the three games that they played together, I think, were Florida, Colorado, and Nashville. So it's not like, you know, they're playing like Chicago, Columbus, and Arizona or something like that. Those are at least two playoff, like two cup contenders and maybe a third with a playoff team. So um, the other thing I want to mention is the power play has been really good without Zegers. Like, believe it or not, like their shots have gone up, their goals have gone up, et cetera, et cetera. Like I, like, I think both top lines for Anaheim here are very, very much in play. Um, I think I like the Carlson, Terry Kaloran line, especially where I th- they're probably going to get matched up against the Caulfield Slavkowski line. And like, those guys have been pretty good offensively, but they are the definition of trading chances. Um, they're going to allow a lot on the defensive side as well. So I really do like the Leo Carlson line, um, the top line here for Anaheim in this game. If you want to play Anaheim too, go ahead. But I think it's Anaheim uh, one for me that I like best. On the Montreal side, like mercifully, they finally moved Josh Anderson down to the bottom six. Uh, hopefully it's going to be down to the bottom line of, or the fourth line eventually. Uh, but like I mentioned, Slavkowski and Caulfield have been generating offense pretty well so far this season. 2.9 expected goals for only 2.2 actual goals. Um, their shooting percentage is at 6.7%. Caulfield's been in a little bit of a slump. Um, I wrote about Slavkowski elsewhere. He's been passing the puck, I think, a little bit too much. But Slavkowski's playmaking metrics, believe it or not, have been really, really good this, this season. And not just like... Not just for Montreal, not just for a rookie, just across the league compared to everyone. Uh, his playmate, some of his playmaking numbers, stats, um, well above average. So I do like that Montreal second line. You know, it's fairly cheap, right? I, is a big thing. Um, you get Sokovsky's under 3K, uh, Dvorak's under 3K, 
Um, you know, not a ton of ownership, 4%. Like there's negative leverage, but 4%, it's not really that worrisome. When they could see like two, th- three, four minutes of power play time here tonight. Um, so yeah, Montreal two for me, uh, the Caulfield, Slavkowski, Dvorak line, uh, Anaheim one on their side. Yeah, I just can't play corner. I know Clayton's in here. I know he's tracking our slander. Alex Kalorn sucks. Write that down. And I, I, if I'm going to power play stack, I'm going to go Carlson, Terry, McTavish, or the Minotaur on the blue line, Pavel Minutakov. I just, like, if you want to play Kalorn, he's on the top power play. He's cheap. Don't get me wrong. But, like, uh, Kalorn just grinds my gears. Vancouver Canucks with a 2.9 total heading into Colorado. The Avs have a 3.7 total. Jake, kindly enough, gave us a projection and ownership update. Thank you very much, Jake. Colorado top line, highest top two stack percentage on the night. Almost 31% ownership share, around 17%. So, you know. Very high positive leverage, very high ownership for 14 game plate. Very, very good spot. 23,600. I was kind of surprised at their ownership the last slate with Vancouver in San Jose, and they came in right around the projected ownership. So, Jake, uh, the moral of the story is listen to Jake more often. And he says, play good lines, and I should listen to him. So, I like Colorado one here tonight. The interesting thing here is absolutely no one is playing Vancouver again. And I don't know, man. After you get past that top line, I mean, you can take advantage of that Ryan Johansson line. Like, they're not very good defensively. I don't mind getting to some Vancouver here. Am I am I going nuts? Like, I know I'm nuts, but, like, are, do you have interest in Vancouver? I, I think – uh, like I do j- in general, just because they do, they they're not carrying any ownership. Like you said, zero point one percent on either of the top lines. Like there's no, there nobody's going to be playing Vancouver here tonight. Like Colorado does have a pretty good penalty kill, but they do take. They're averaging four power plays given up per game. Vancouver does have a really good power play. Like they can torch anybody, regardless of how good the penalty kill is. So. I, I don't certainly don't mind Vancouver here. I would focus more on the power play guys. I think if they do have like a DFS winning night, it's because you know they get one maybe two power play goals. So uh, I do like uh, the Pedersen line. I think a little bit better here. Uh, you know, the thing about the matchups with Colorado is like we talked on the last show when we had Colorado there. That Logan O'Connor Ross Colton line has been pretty good this year especially on the defensive end, 43 shot attempts, 1.9 expected goals against per 60 minutes. Like that's the line that JT Miller might see quite a bit of here tonight. And that's a really bad matchup. So um, I know, you know, Colorado's top line has also been pretty good defensively um, of late as well. I just think I would rather, um, you know, kind of hitch my wagon uh, to Pedersen and Kuzmeko and Mikheyev because, you know, they have been, unbelievable offensively 3.2 expected goals 5.3 actual goals per 60 minutes of 515 so i do like the Pedersen line i think it would be more an mme play for me but if you want to play him in single entry like go with god um you know what what can you say about colorado one they're the best line on the slate color like for all as good as vancouver has been in a lot of areas this year uh, their penalty kill has still been very bad um and colorado's power play you know 
has been getting better without Arturi Lekin in there as much as that sucks to say. So yeah, I really do like Colorado one, but you know, apparently a lot of people are going to like them tonight. Yeah. And like the one thing, like, yeah, the ownership is high. There's two things you can get different so easily on the slate Two, you know, they're going to play their 22 minutes. Like there's no way around it anymore. And if they play 18 minutes, it's because they won five, one or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it is really hard, really, really hard to get in Colorado, Colorado one and Macar. So if you want to get a little bit different, try to figure out a way to squeeze Macar in with Colorado one without like completely just playing like fourth liners. But like, that's probably a way to get different. Or like if, if you have the stones leave off like a random and put in Macar, but that worked last slate. I, I would not advise that though, but let's get to this last game of the slate, which like, Neither of us really probably want to talk about, but we're going to because we're professional gentlemen of leisure. San Jose Sharks with a 2.3 total heading into Seattle. <laughs> the Kraken have a 3.7 total. Two of the most negative leverage lines tonight are the Seattle McCann line and the Seattle Gord line. The Seattle Gord line outside of Colorado one is the highest owned line on the slate at 11-2 at 16.9% projected. Like there's just nothing you can really say. Like this is going to happen every time the Sharks are on the slate. It doesn't matter. There's going to be ownership on these teams. That being said, I like if you want to play Seattle here tonight, go for it. I probably can't like, there's good chalk and there's bad chalk. This feels like bad chalk. If you think this is a smash spot for Seattle and you have a you have a line that you really want to play, play them. Like I said, there's so many ways to get different. From an ownership play, like maybe I'll play Wenberg Schwartz because like Pierre Eduardo Belmar might have two points tonight. You know what I mean? Like anything can happen with Seattle. So like I don't mind getting 2.7% projected Jaden Schwartz or something like that, but like if you want to play the top six of Seattle, go for it. There's ways to get different. On the shark side, I don't mind an Eklund one-off. But, like, do I really want to do that on the 14-game slate and stay up until 2 in the morning hoping William Eklund can actually get into the offensive zone? I don't know. Yeah, like, what do you got to say about this? All I'm going to say is this is like, I get the ownership because it's a high total. It's a, you know, I think the highest total tied for the highest total on the slate um, in the price. Right. But you have Carolina with a 3.6 total and their top lines coming in at like one to 2%. Like I know they're like 17, whatever thousand, like that's the reason why, but you know, it's a fraction of the ownership that you're getting in a similar total um, in this game. You know, the Columbus top line, three and a half total. The Columbus top line is expected to come in three, four, five percent ownership here tonight. Again, they're more expensive by like three or four thousand dollars. That's why. But, you know, instead of playing a six thousand dollar defenseman, I'll play a three thousand dollar defenseman and just go play a line that's not going to be owned in, you know, one out of five lineups here tonight. That's just kind of the way I look at it. So. Like, if you want to play Seattle, yes, they're in a tremendous spot here tonight. Basically, every single line is in play. 
I think I'm just more keen on looking for one-offs. One-off Jeremy Can, one-off Ely Tolvanen, one-off Vince Dunn. Like, you know, if they're 15, 20% owned, I don't care. We've seen Seattle time after time after time score five or six goals, and they're from five or six different goal scorers, and, you know, nobody has two assists and nobody reads a shot bonus. It's just the way the teams run. Um, so, yeah, pick one-offs or, you know, you want to stack them. Honestly, I don't care. Screw this game. <laughs> I, I, yeah, the, like of all the Sharks matchups this season, besides the Blues, I think this is by far the worst. What are you going to do? I mean, like, they're going to be chalky regardless of what we say. It's not like we move ownership. You know what I mean? People are going to play them. I just, like, would rather not. Coming up after us, the NBA Deeper Dive at 4.45 p.m. with Josh Engelman and Adam Schur. 6 p.m. NBA Live Before Lock with Greg Ehrenberg and Eric Lindquist, who I unnecessarily took a shot at this morning just because. (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't have any hate for you, my man. I know you're watching. We're pals, even though you came into New Jersey and didn't, you know, say you're coming and you didn't want to grab a drink with me or something. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about defensemen. I think this is an interesting slate to spend up for de- the defensemen because, like, looking at the ownership, I think people are just going to be like, Colorado 1, Seattle 3, go about your day. You know what I mean? So, like, I think spending up for a Macar here is a very good move. I don't know about Quinn Hughes on this in this, but like Yossi's in a good spot. I know people are like, Oh, Yossi's so overpriced, man. But like 7,300, I think you can play Yossi here. Alex Petrangelo, Shea Theodore. I think Mike Matheson is in a really good spot. Charlie McAvoy. Like there's a lot of high end guys that I want to play here tonight. Who you like him? Yeah. Yossi was the guy I wrote up. Um, I think he's getting a little bit unlucky by point production. Go read the article for yourself to see why. Um, he was he was my number one expensive defenseman um, on the slate, so I do like Yossi here. I agree with you on Matheson, just the power play time alone. And, you know, the guy's putting up both shots and blocks. That's kind of why I don't really like Hughes, Quinn Hughes in this matchup. Is He's not a shot blocker. And against Colorado, like, at, you want a shot blocker, you know what I mean? So I think it's Yossi, the Matheson, and then Charlie McAvoy uh, for me. For among, I mean, there are a few, you know, more – more than three expensive defensemen in play. Those are the three I like. Mid-price range, definitely Brent Burns from Carolina. Um, Vince Dunn from Seattle. Uh, um, Pavel Mintukov, uh from Anaheim running the top power play, even though they've been splitting power play time a little bit more. Like, oh, my God, I hate that team. Um, Darnell Nurse uh, against Carolina. Anytime, you know, he's in a – Dogs love Darnell Nurse. Um, anytime he's in a – what should be a high-paced matchup. I like using him, so nurse for me. Uh, for the cheap guys, there are two defensemen running their top power play unit that are under 3K on DraftKings here tonight. Kevin Korczynski, you mentioned earlier in Chicago. Scott Perunovich for St. Louis. Montreal's missing half their defensemen <laughs> here tonight. Jack Eye's out. Uh, I think it's Barron is out and, and Harris. If I'm not mistaken. So Jonathan Kovacevic is probably going to have to play quite a few minutes for $2,700. Ian Cole. Um you know, we mentioned uh, Quinn Hughes, not so much uh, a shot blocker. Uh, Ian Cole definitely is. He's averaging two shot blocks per game. He's only 2,800 going into Vancouver like him. Uh, if you want to pay up a little bit more, we mentioned Luke Hughes earlier. I He's one of my favorite defensemen on the slate here tonight. Uh, Keandre Miller for the Rangers as well. And I'll mention uh, Devin Taves, 4K for Colorado. 
Um, looks like he's starting to come alive a little bit. Yeah, I like those calls there. Let's talk a little bit about goaltending. Uh, Joey Decord, top of the board on DraftKings at 8,500. Yorgiev, if he starts, 8,400. Mr. Lickens, 8,300. Elias Sorokin, also 8,300. John Gibson, 8,200. Like, again, I'm not a big pay-up guy, but if I were to pay up here, I think it would either be for Sorokin or Gibson, and neither of those guys really feel safe. Like, if you want to pay up for a goalie, you have to be like, oh, this team's definitely going to win. Like, and neither of those feel very safe. Going down the board, like, Jake Ottinger at AK makes some sense. I know people, like, always get mad when we mention Ottinger. Like, yeah, like, he's a very good goalie. Yeah, he got blown up the other night. So do every, so does every goalie in the NHL. Like, I like Ottinger here at AK. Um, whoever starts for Boston, I'm interested in always. Um, then for the cheapy guys, like Hellebuck stands out to me, but after that, like down at the bottom, like Alex Leone, like I guess Peter Morazic is probably your guy at 7,100, and I'll we'll find out. But like, you like you liking uh, your boy Morazic tonight? Yeah, I do have Morazic on my list for a cheap guy, him and Thatcher Demko. Um, I think Demko's starting here tonight, uh, going into Colorado, probably should see a ton of volume at the least. So like him for cheap. I mean, Capo Kakinen, like Seattle doesn't shoot the puck a lot, but he's what, 6,900, I think. And if, you know, one third of GPP teams are going to have some sort of Seattle stack, I think there's merit to playing Kakinen here tonight, even if he doesn't see, you know, 57 shots or whatever. Um, Linus Allmark was the guy I wrote up in the article. He just, he rarely gets blown up and he's been up with Boston's, you know, sort of defensive slide. He's been seeing more volume. So I do like uh, Linus Allmark. So Allmark, Razik, Demko, don't mind. Um, I, I think Aiden, it's Aiden Hill starting for Vancouver or Vancouver for Vegas here tonight. Um, yeah. So I don't mind Aiden Hill as long as he gets to start uh, in that either. Just to, your point about Capo Kapokakin and seeing a lot of shots. Like I know Seattle doesn't shoot a lot, but the Sharks defense is non-existent. Capo Kapokakin Capo Kakinen has started five games this season. He's faced 32 shots, 36, 40, 39, 45. He's going to see volume. And he's 6,700. Oh, nice. Who do you like him for your hat trick pick? Well, uh, hopefully, I mean, the fan side of me says I hope he doesn't do it, but I think it's a pretty good matchup for him to do it. So I'm going to go with Anaheim's Troy Terry. That was my guy, too, but I had a backup ready because we both love the Ducks, and I feel like you're going to go to the Ducks. I am going Ryan O'Reilly. Ooh, I like that. A little bit of spice. A little bit of spice. We will be back on Friday. I'm not sure – it's like a massive split slate. We have to see what yeah, draft. I, yeah, but we're, we're on it. We're on at three, two fifteen Eastern. I think two fifteen Eastern. Uh, as long as uh, the main slate is the the night games, which I imagine there are. There is eight afternoon games and then six night games. So we'll have to wait and see what DraftKings does. But more than likely, it will be the the night slate. That's the main slate. Yep. So we will see you Friday. Make sure to smash that by, uh, like button on the way out. Thank you very much for tuning in, all of you. Uh, have a show on Friday. Have a show on Friday. And good luck, everybody. Good luck tonight, everyone.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more.